Angie Korea. Hello, hello. Hello, welcome to the Balanced Beautiful Abundant Show. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be just too much, I feel like. <laughs> uh, no, we have so much fun off camera. I can't even imagine what's going to happen on camera. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> So I'm going to introduce you to my listeners so they know how awesome you are mm -hmm. and why you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant and on the show. So Angie Korea is a career coach and a cash injection strategist. More on that later. She teaches women who struggle with overwhelm to become leaders. I love that. Who doesn't struggle with overwhelm? Mm -hmm. She believes women are courageous, committed, and confident. Amen. Angie had a 25-year career in corporate sales and marketing where she made over $500,000, hello, when she was, and she was then working in the digital media industry. So she is an expert at helping clients transition from the job to a career they're actually passionate about. So let's get into this. I'm so excited it. to ask you some questions. So the first question that comes to mind is what does a cash injection strategist actually do? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, so for me, what it really, how I look at it is that we want to be able to, as women who, who are independent, who are, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of my clients are the primary breadwinners in a household, um, if they're in, in a marriage or partnership. But really, it's that we can't count on just one way of making money. And so we, I really get people to think about what other things can you do? And sometimes with your eyes closed, that can start generating additional forms of income, right? People talk about seven streams, whatever it is. I think that it's really just important to become really purposeful about being resourceful and resilient because you just never know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And when people count on just one source, it doesn't always work well. It doesn't I mean, look, work well. look what's happening now. No one a year ago, if you would have told me we're going to be all sitting at home, you know, waiting for a pandemic to pass, wearing masks everywhere. I said, no way. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think this is a perfect testament to, you know, so many of the people that I work with because people that I know that have worked in companies for 20, 25 years who are at the top of their game, you know, making a lot of money are being furloughed and are being let go. Yeah. And have never, ever even considered something else. So when you say you teach women to find cash injection through doing something they can do with their eyes closed, give yeah. me an example of that. So for example, I have one client and I'll, I'll leave out her name, but um, so she's in marketing and advertising and she has been working on top brands for a long, long, long time in an advertising agency in New York City. And what we decided for her was that the best part for, for what she could offer a smaller community is go into smaller businesses or smaller startups or, or, or individuals even and help them really look at what a, a marketing strategy from the big level could look like for them, but on a smaller level, right? And so she would, she would then charge, let's say, a monthly fee or a flat fee to kind of outline that for them. And rather than it being uh, this huge contract, it's really maybe on a project by project basis. And it's for somebody who in normally wouldn't even have a marketing budget 
and right, or have the, the resources to hire a whole team to run their marketing, right? Then she could offer that. And that has actually been working out really well as people start to branch out and do more things. Because even as an individual, like you are your own brand, like you need a whole marketing team for your own, you, who you are, right? Yeah. Um, really works at like putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. So what she did was she took what was working on a macro level for a huge Fortune 500 company and she right. took it to the small mom and pop. Exactly. exactly. She charged per project so they exactly. didn't have to have a huge marketing budget. That's amazing. It's, yeah. What other tools do you give women to help them find their passion project or their side? Yeah. I know a lot of women come to me. And they're like, Rebecca, I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to be in my job anymore. I'm bored, but I need an exit strategy, like yeah. something I can do yeah. on the side. And when that starts making as much money as my job, then I'll jump in. So what are, what are some tools? You I love it. I love it. That, that's, this, that's my favorite because there's two pieces to that question, right? So the yeah. first part is, you know, when people are still looking and they're not really sure what that thing is, what I go, I'll say is like, what did you like doing when you were a kid? Mm. That's one great question. Great question. Like, oh, I actually liked whatever, like whatever the answer is, right? Um, and then I'm like, okay, or the other question could be, what do people come to you for? Right. And it's like, then you, un you start uncovering it. And it's not so much like with you, they're coming to you because they want to leave and they want, and so that you have a formula for them. This is more so of like, you know, there's a friend of, there's a, there's a friend of theirs that comes to them every time they want to do a, a party, a kid's party or a birthday party, because they know that that person actually has really great style, really great taste, knows all the places to go and get all the supplies. And like, and literally one of my clients who is in advertising started a party planning business just because she just, she had had her son. She loved planning his parties and decorating and getting a theme going and it fulfilled her. It was like her creative side woke up again. And so then what we did was that we put together a plan and we're like, okay, how many parties do you want to do a month? How much money do you want to make? And it wasn't something that she wanted to like, she actually didn't want to replace her, her job. She wanted to have one party a week you know, on a Saturday. Multiple income streams. Like it's there's still, no reason you know, to leave your job if, if you're still you lucky enough to have one after this, right? Exactly, exactly. But at the same time, it's like she was also able to like put that money on the side. And if that turns into something, it could totally turn into something. I mean, there's people who started dog walking companies and now have 20 people working for them. Wow. You know, so, and it's like, oh, what would you do? And I'm like, for me, I'm like, yeah, I would totally do something with animals because that, that's where I would be, you know? I'm like, that might be my next endeavor. We know you have a bunny rabbit. I What's your bunny rabbit's name? They're Archibald. <laughs> Archie for short. Oh, Archibald. Wow. I also heard from another career strategist, everybody's an expert. And what do you think about this? Some women are an expert in what they've had to struggle through or overcome. Why don't you speak about that for a minute? Absolutely. I think that is huge. It's really huge because for me, so for example, I tend to say that I work with women 40 plus who have already had a substantial amount of success in their careers. And then all of a sudden are on the other side of that, whether they've worked for a big media company for a long time and been laid off or something tragic happens in their family and they can't go back to work. And because that happened to me mm -hmm. in my 40s, I moved from New York to California. I get this job. They shut down that office. I get another one. I get another, and I'm like, oh, I've aged out. 
And so aging out is actually what I love talking to people about because of this. You think tech is aging? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So in the digital media space, whether it's a big company or a small, I worked for startups, I worked for, you know, huge conglomerates and um, definitely there is an ageism that's happening. And from that experience and, and from so many of the, it's like a list of people that I have been able to, you know, really support in that space um, that who, some are in denial, some totally understand what's happening. And but we can turn it around and we can really bring it back. But like, that's my story. And so that's what I find that I become an expert in. Like I wouldn't work with a stay at home mom in her thirties that has 2.3 kids because I don't have that experience and I didn't go through anything with that. Right. But I know that there's people that specialize in that in just that. And that's where I firmly believe that you must have gone through it and gone to the other side of it to be able to speak to it. So in my book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Part-Time, I talk about going from victim to victor, which you did. You were in your 40s and you were aged out. And instead of just giving up or starting at the bottom when you were a senior level executive Mm -hmm. salesperson, you found a way to reinvent yourself. So what gave you the courage to do that? Where did you find that like inner fight or tenacity to like reinvent yourself in a totally new city? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, wow, that one, I mean, it was tough. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't simple. It was, it was painful at times, quite frankly. And I think between the circle of influence that I had around me, um, and the feedback that I got about like, you know, who, who I was to them. Right. So it's like, I actually got a lot of phone calls in support of me creating something that would support other people because they had said all these years that I've known you 20, 30, you know, 15, whatever it was, um, they would say, you, you were always this person. You were always the coach. You were always the one, the mentor that was supporting other people in elevating in their careers. It's like, there's no reason why you can't do that now. And so then I sought out support. And, you know, when I finally kind of like, I say, I woke back up. Right. Because there was a time where I did go through depression and I did go through, you know, anxiety about like what was next. I I questioned my worth for a really, really, really long time. I questioned my worth. I was like, what like what have I done? How like how is this possibly my life right now? Because when you're up here and you go all the way down, like I felt this is what was happening. And then when I really like tuned into, you know, why is this happening for me as opposed to to me? Yes, I love that distinction. Yeah. Then there's an then there's another opening that can happen that then allows you to really be like, oh, there's a bigger purpose and a bigger message here. Like then I get to create something. And so yeah, I mean that's that's where I really I, I really feel like a, another big piece of that was also my faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Really tapping into like God, I'm <laughs> trusting. Yeah. I am trusting like there's no tomorrow. And that really pulled me through to the other side. And I, and I also believe that like the people that I get to work with are brought to me because we have this common energy and knowledge and desire for more and, you know, purpose. That is beautiful. You know, you went through the dark night of the soul mm-hmm. and you got to the other side. Yeah. I think so many women, they're scared. They're scared to leave an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. They're scared to leave a dead end job where their boss treats them like crap. They're, mm-hmm. they're scared because they know they're going to have to go through a period of the unknown and yeah. the dark night of the soul. Yep. 
but they will come through the other side just like you did because you had faith. Like God didn't bring you that far just to drop you on your head. Yeah. 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 And I think even, even people who like their lives are going seemingly well and they're making money, they're so committed and attached, not committed, but more attached to the role, the title and the income that's coming from outside. Right. That it's like that, that, that step that they get to take to move into something that they truly feel purposeful and passionate about, they don't take. And so yes. what, I, what I love about, about the work that I get to do is that I'm, I'm like, I'm not trying to get you to do anything you don't want to do. What I'm saying is open up a new avenue, right? right? Look at certain things that you can actually, and then, then that's when we get into talking about like overwhelm, right? Because then they're like, oh, I don't, I, it's going to take too much time or it's going to be too much work. I'm like, what people don't really understand. And I experienced this was that the minute I was in my purpose, I could work for four days straight. And it like, it's not overwhelm. It's like, I, what I, your priorities are never in conflict. And when you're working from that space in your heart, right. And you're, and you're doing the work that you really know that you're, you're meant to do, then it's not overwhelm. Overwhelm to me, I feel like is a choice. It's kind of like you can list all of the things you, you have to do, but what are the things you get to do? So how do you teach your clients to prioritize? Cause I'm sure you have clients that have families and have oh, yeah. different careers and obligations, but yet kind of like you just said, they're getting the title. They might be the CEO or the CFO and have a seven figure income, but they're totally bored out of their mind and they don't find their purpose in that job. Yeah. But they're like, I'm a seven figure income. I, I'm a big executive with the family. How am I going to start my side hustle or my passion project? So how are you coaching women out of overwhelm? Yeah. I mean, I think it really is going back to the conversation of, listen, we're not just one thing or another. What I like to say is that it's like, we're the tapestry of what we get to create in our lives. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> you know, what are those things that bring you joy? That's number one. We always want to go towards the joy because when you go towards the joy, then, then everything else that you do doesn't seem like a chore. Right. Mm -hmm. So we look at, I actually, I know you look, you look at seven points of life. I do 18 in an exercise that I have my clients do. And it really goes deep, 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 deep. And then we start bringing those things to the top because where I find that the overwhelm comes from is that they're working in this, like, um, subterranean level, if that's even a word, I don't even know if that's a word, but it's like this sub level of all of the minutia, instead of just dropping those things off at the bottom and then, and then going straight to the top three, the top four things that you get to do, because ultimately it's like a set of dominoes. If you line them all up, they're either all going to fall down or you have to pick them all back up. And so, I think there's delegation is so important. Like you figure yeah. out what the yeah. top five priorities are, and then everything else you delegate. And with all the different apps, I know I'm looking for some help with my YouTube page on Upwork. There's people that are willing to help me with my YouTube page for $5 an right. hour. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that falls under the resourcefulness, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like you get to be resourceful and you get to be resilient and you get to say, you know, I don't have to do this. Yeah. I do it or I don't, you know, like, you know, it's like choose, you know, and it comes down to also like laundry. I'm like, if, you, if that's not a, 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 you know, a good use of your time, send it out to have somebody else do it. Exactly. It's like work in your zone of genius too. Like if, yeah. if someone is wasting their time doing something with like click funnels or technology and they oh. don't like doing that, then you could delegate that. Right. 
Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I can't remember what book it was from anyway, or the author, but you know, somebody, there's, there's somebody that's out there teaching, like, you know, really level up the skills that you don't have. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, there's somebody else with that skill, <laughs> like, let them do it. I know. I've been trying to learn that. Oh my God. Like it's, I feel like so overwhelmed. I've been studying like, cause I've been had some downtime click funnels and email synchroses. And I'm like, I'm just going to ask someone to do it because yeah. this is like not in my zone of genius at all. <laughs> And then that creates the overwhelm, that creates anxiety, that creates frustration. You know, I've done that. I sat in front of my computer and I'm looking at this stuff and I'm just like, and I come from the digital media space, but what I hate, I had a team of people. Right. Somebody do my research, somebody do the graphics, somebody do the presentation. All I had to do was stand in front of the room. That's where I thrive. Right. It's having the interaction. I'm like, why am I going to go and do the analytics? That's not me. <laughs> it's going to get all messed up if I do it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And so that's when you get to really choose. Yes, absolutely. So is it harder for women to start a career later in life? I know you mentioned the ages mm -hmm. of the tech industry. What mm -hmm. about just becoming an entrepreneur? What about, you said your ideal client's in her 40s, you know, maybe she has 20 or 25 years of corporate under her belt. Mm -hmm. And now she's like, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to have my own career yeah it harder to start later in life I mean I don't think it's harder for anybody to do anything later in life I think it really comes down to a decision right it's like it's all of the things put together into one package I think what we get to do I think what we get to do is let people know like nobody actually I think the, here, here's where I I kind of made it harder for myself I thought it was going to be easy because of what I had done in the past I thought it was gonna be easy and it's a big distinction between easy and simple. Mm, I could have made it simple. Well, for me, it was like, I could have made it simple by like what we said, implementing other, you know, tools and resources, hiring other people to do things for you, getting the right counsel that matches like where I came from so that they could actually understand that I walked around with an entourage you know, of like marketing and sales and research and all this stuff as I was doing business. And now I had to step out and I thought I had to do it all and learn it all. Right. So I made it hard on myself. And while I could have made it simple because mm -hmm. the work is still hard work. Right. But in like the best way possible, I think. Right. It's still like it's you get to go out there and hustle. And I love that stuff. I'm from New York. I'm like, let's go. Right. But I was I was making it like compounding the difficulty of my success and the acceleration because I thought that I was I had to do it all myself. And so the, the, the making it easy and making it simple are two different things because easy people think, oh, they can sit back and chill and relax or whatever. And it's like, no, we still get to move and do and work. And like you said, delegate and find the things that are going to come into place. And I know when I get anxiety and think I can't do something is when I get into the future. Yes. Like, I just have to do the next thing right in front yeah. of me, the next indicated action. I think, oh, well, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? I, then I'm not even going to start. And I talk myself out of it. Yeah. But I know what the very next step is. Yeah. And I think that helps people deal with it too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, I mean, and I think you're brilliant, right? And so you have a lot of experience and you are just a doer, right? Like you go and you're like, okay, I'm going to get it done. And I think what, what some people struggle with and this is why I firmly believe in coaching as an overall is that, is that they don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. 
right? Like you have a mind that is like, oh, wait, if I want to do this, I get to do this and then I get to do that and then I get to that. Some people get paralyzed in the mm-hmm. overwhelm in like, oh, I want to do this, but it seems so insurmountable. Yes. And then they're like, mm. and, it's, and, and while we have, you know, Google University, <laughs> yeah. you know, but even still, like even combing through that to find the right, you know, information for yourself can be, you know, can be challenging. But I think once you get, again, trusted advisors, coaches, mentors that understand where you're coming from. And so that's also something else where it's like, I initially, I remember in, in, when I was in corporate, I had somebody that really understood corporate as a coach and it was magnificent. And then when I left coaching think when I left corporate and I went into coaching, I found somebody that was a really excellent coach. She had never worked in corporate. She was a teacher. And no, you know, no disrespect to her. She's an amazing coach in her own right. She didn't understand where I was coming from. And so the people that I was in a group with, none of them had the, that, that kind of, like that anchor into, but where's all my support system? Like the support system was what I was lacking and and I couldn't even put my finger on it for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, and I was like, oh, (laughs) hello, Angie, you don't have to do it all. So you've always had a coach, even when you were in corporate? Oh, yeah. A business coach? Yeah. Or a personal coach? Well, personal and, you know, back in the day, it was like a personal and, you know, career slash corporate. So when you coach, do you coach everything like personal and business? I try not to. I really try not to. I mean, I think, I think that there are people that are really masterful at general life. I just don't function that way. I like to have a, I, ha- I like to have a pinpoint, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I just like to have that pinpoint. And, and this is to say that not, it's not to say that everything else doesn't get addressed. It's like, I said, it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. They're coming to me for a spe- very specific reason. And when we work through those challenges, so many other things will automatically be, you know, cleaned up. And that's kind of my teaching, the seven pillars of life, and they're all connected. So you're my financial expert. <laughs> yeah. And but everybody, you're the last piece of the puzzle. People think mm-hmm. I have to make money first, and then I'll find a relationship, and then I'll hire the trainer and get in shape, and then I'll take my dream vacation, where I'm saying you get yourself fit and healthy and happy and in the right romantic relationship, and then the money's going to come a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that quite frankly, I think, you know, when people, there's two things that people have to get to be right. They, they're sick and tired of where they are right now. Right. And, and they're ready for more. So they have to be sick and tired and almost ready for more almost simultaneously. Right. Absolutely. One of my favorite spiritual teachers, Michael Beckwith says people are either pushed by pain or they're pulled by a vision. Mm Mm-hmm. So those are the two ways that will make people want to change. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So awesome. So what do you think it is about personal development training that you've been attracted to? I know you've been in it for a long time. Mm -hmm. What do you think attracted you to it? I know we met a personal training uh, seminar. Why do you keep going back? What, what brings you to personal development? I think for me is if you're not, if you're not growing, you're dying. So mm-hmm. I don't know who said that. I don't, it, it, it just stuck with me. Um, I've asked Ashley, it's funny because I've asked my mom, I said, have I always been this way? And my mom's like, yeah, you've always been curious. Mm-hmm. 
you've always been curious for the next thing. Like you, she's like, I could, like you're not okay with this. She's like, from the minute you were born, you were not okay with the status quo. <laughs> you're like, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, whether and you know as a child it was let's take a road trip my dad loved road trips and it was like let's take a road trip and let's go in you know t- going in you know using one route and come back using a different route and that's learning and that's yeah. growing right um you know it was if it was one um I don't even know. Like, there's just so many different things. It was like, whether it's like, I would challenge myself in school and it's like, instead of taking like the basic classes, I would, I would get, I would do the work to get into the AP classes. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to stretch. Like it was always this like stretch that I wanted to do. And I don't know, it just kind of, it's just never stopped really. And I love it. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing too. And I acknowledge your commitment to your personal growth. So which training or teacher taught you the biggest lesson and what's that lesson? Oh my Lord. Um, I think, oh wow. Like, I think if I had to go back, back, back in the day um, when I was in corporate, it was um, the power of your word, right? Like saying what you want to do and then doing what you say you're going to do. And so for people to know you of that, and it's, that's a challenge. That's always been, it's one, been one of my, probably my biggest challenges, right? Because we, we live in a world that people are, get off the hook mm-hmm. for a lot of things. And, you know, we're taught, like, it's funny, we're taught to play it safe. At least I was, you know, my, I come very humble, you know, beginnings and, and my mom is like, you know, my mom's more risk adverse, right? And so I, you know, if I, if I didn't have the tenacity that I had, there's probably a lot more things that I would not have done. And to no fault of hers, other than just, you know, like her fear, I guess, right? It's like, you can only rise to that in which you've been exposed. And so for whatever reason, it's like, you know, you can, you go through periods of time of being around people who are moving and who are growing. And then you go through other times where people are just kind of not. And so sometimes you just take a break and I get to still play with that. I I really get to look at that every single day. You know, reminds me of Don Miguel Ruiz's book, Mm -hmm. The Four Agreements, being your word. And I think in this day and age, less and less people are rigorous about their word and it's mm-hmm. just common, like not to return people's calls or texts, or maybe because I'm old fashioned from the Midwest. It's like you have 24 hours to return a call, and that was it. Like yeah. it wasn't even considered not returning. Maybe 48 if there was 48 yeah. hours if there was an emergency. But yeah, um, it's just so interesting how in modern day society, like just not returning a text or call is totally normal. Mm-hmm. It never ceases to amaze me. With the, and, the, and the funny thing is that with more technology and more access and how easy the facility that we have to be able to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the response is, I can't talk until three more days. Right. Well, and the funny thing is, is that, and, and, and I'll just use my own personal exa- ex- example, is that like, that's happened to me where I've like been like, oh my God, I totally, whatever. And I think it's also because of all of the technology and ways yes. and everything. That now I have, I don't know, a hundred times more stuff coming at me, right? Stimulus coming at me. Like, e- how many email accounts do I have? Yeah. 
how many social media accounts do I have? Like, who do I get back to? When, at what time? When did I see that? But like, where did they miss? Like, sometimes I'm like, I, I know I saw something. I just don't know where it came through. Yeah, like, there's that, so many. There's yeah. so many ways that I, I have not done Snapchat or TikTok. So I'm like, I'm already overwhelmed with like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, email, tags. Yeah. Like, I just can't add like two more things to check. I know. I know. But I've had that. I've had that. Do you do Snapchat or TikTok? I do, I do not. I, I, TikTok is just for entertainment purposes only. It's literally like, you know, a few scrolls. I give myself 15 minutes. It's like a little t mini TV show. I'm like, all oh, these people are crazy. <laughs> I love it. Do you haven't done any dance videos yet? We should do I one. have. I have done one. I'm not, it's not very good. No, I don't. Send it no. to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm like, I think I might have even deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm excited. This is my last question and this is a juicy one. Many people are jumping into MLM because it's a ready-made home-based business. And you, my friend, have recently received six promotions and broke company records in a company called Legal Shield. So congratulations. Thank you. So there's so many people that are looking for home-based businesses that Maybe they tried other network marketing companies and weren't, weren't successful. And they're like, oh, I know it like works in theory. You tell a friend who tells a friend who tells a friend. And mm -hmm. you know, but they're like, but I tried it and my friends don't want to do it. Right. So what would you tell somebody who was thinking about jumping back into network marketing or yeah. who's going to go in for the first time? Yeah, that's a, it's such a great question because I've actually been in network marketing for probably now, I would say 13 years. Um, maybe a little bit more. Um, and I was with another company for a really long time. And number one, I always tell people who ask me, I'm like, listen, find something that you can be passionate about. That's number one, first and foremost, find something that if it, it aligns with your values, it aligns with your, your likes and dislikes, like all of it. Right. Because then that's the, that's the biggest way that you're going to see a lot of success because then people will feel that and see that from you. That's number one, first and foremost. Number two is, you know, nothing is promised. Everything is based on your initiative. Mm -hmm. Right. Like people can say like, listen, I tell people all the time, you can make a lot of money over here. And I have one person that this month alone earned $12,000. Wow. This month. And she's only been in it for seven and a half weeks. Wow. But she has this fire in her to really support a lot of people with services that it's, it just blew up. Like she just went for it. But then you have other people who started at the exact same time who are still sitting on it and they're sitting on it because of the fear. They're sitting on it because they're afraid to call people or to, you know, to, to talk about something else that they're doing. And I think the alignment of, of it being something that you can really feel passionate about that you're actually using, that you're actually, you know, can say, this is a legitimate opportunity that's going to make it that much easier for you. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is too, to understand that, you know, many of these companies, products, service, whatever it is, are regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. So that's something that I always like to point out as well, because, you know, you are getting a higher level of product and service by virtue of the way that it's being scrutinized. Right. And, and you know, and regulated. And so you know, knowing that should actually give you more confidence than less confidence. And that, especially now with everything that's going on in corporate, like if you look at the corporate structure, the guy at the top, at the very, 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 very top, right, is making the money. And then you have all the people all the way down to the bottom, whereas here, anybody can come in at any time, 
here meaning the, the industry as a whole. Right. Anybody can come in at any time at, with any background, you know, any socioeconomic background, race, age, right? And be successful if they're determined to do so. So no level of success is ever guaranteed, but your level of effort will definitely reap you some reward, a lot of reward in a lot of cases. It's an equal playing field. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I really love about it. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about creating a company culture within that network marketing company? Because the reason why certain teams of network marketing companies do so well is they create a company culture within their team. Yeah. So what, speaking of that, how do you create your own company culture? Well, and it's so funny because I've now been, so this is my second company, officially second company. And um, I say officially because I'm like, I, I count it when I start making a certain amount of money. <laughs> um, and um, I think, you know, people are craving community. Right. And camaraderie and like-mindedness. And when we emphasize community at a big level, and really take a stand for how we communicate with each other, how we treat each other, how we recognize each other, how we support each other. Um, that's the foundation. So I, you know, in the previous company, it was all based in New York and we would have these big gatherings and we grew a team in a really short amount of time to almost 5,000 people in a really short amount of time here right now in the four months that I've been in this, we're almost at 200 for anybody below me, which right. is it's, we're on a good pace. And yeah. I think the biggest thing is really being, you know, cognizant of the fact that, that we are just filling in a space for somebody that has already created that culture. So we come into a team that has a tremendous level of culture and it's from the, from the top down. And I think that's can be anywhere, right? Like that's one of the things that I have clients when they're looking for a new job in a corporate sector, I'm like, what's the culture like? What do you want that to be like? Cause right. it's also not just walking into it. It's also saying, okay, what do I want? Right. Family, fitness, finance. Right. I'm like, those are my four. Right. And that, yeah. And so that also, it's like when we understand that, that it's like, oh, this is where I belong. And then you'll feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'll really understand and you'll feel it. And, 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 and it's staying on top of um, any negativity that might be coming up and really letting people know. Because I think what ends up happening, especially with culture within a company like this, is that people think it's going to be easy. Mm -hmm. And there you go. The easy word again, when you really, un, you know, share and mentor and coach people on that, it can be simple. When you utilize the strategies, then we have a lot more happy people. I that love that. Why do we want things to be easy anyway? We don't, <laughs> we don't want workouts to be too easy. We don't want, yeah. we don't go on roller coaster rides for them to go straight. Like the excitement <laughs> so and the transformation yeah is in the journey. Like, why not just know that it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster or maybe a lot of a roller coaster launching a new network marketing or any kind of business. And like, that's the joy because if somebody's working nine to five and they can just dial it in and they could do their job blindfolded, you know, on crack, that's not fun. It's more fun to do it. Like, Oh my God, what's going to happen next? Here we go. So yeah. enjoy the uncertainty and the chaos of starting yeah. something new because you have people like yourself to mentor and coach them through mm -hmm. it. And that's mm -hmm. why it's exciting to try something mm -hmm. new. So speaking mm -hmm. of coaching people through it, how do people stay in touch with you, Angie? 
I, my favorite mode right now is Instagram. Like that's been my favorite place to be with the stories. It's just so instant. And so I'm Angie Korea, C-O-R-R-E-A underscore life 2.0. And I will put that in the show notes. So don't worry. Awesome. And then uh, I heard you might be giving away something today. Do tell us more. Absolutely. So I would love to offer your audience a free strategy session. What we go through in these calls, yeah, what we go through in these calls is really looking at where you are currently, what you want to create in your life, and some potential ideas that you could run with on your own. So you're walking away with some ideas that you can go with, or even sometimes it's a book, but really it's a, it's a, it's a way to look at your life right now and create a master plan for where you're going. I love it. What have you got to lose? So we'll put all your contact information in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us, Angie. It's always such a pleasure to connect with you. You are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Thank you for listening to the Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant show. And if you found something beneficial, please share this with a friend. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And until then, stay well, stay safe, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for coming, Angie. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.